Hello and welcome to the Fiercely Awakening Podcast. My name is Tanya Holcomb, and I'm grateful that you're joining me on a journey to honor your story, reclaim your power, and answer your soul's call for greatness. With conversations on self-love, true nourishment, and natural healing, featuring transformative stories of divine intervention, unshakable faith, and living life untethered, you'll be inspired and motivated to release what no longer serves you, pursue what you truly desire, and trust your path. No, it is no accident that you've arrived here. You seek truth, activation, and empowerment. Your seeking led you to exactly where you need to be. You are Fiercely Awakening. Welcome. Welcome back to the Fiercely Awakening Podcast. I'm recording again today from Munising, Michigan, and it's absolutely amazing that I've been here this long. I'm a pretty big homebody, so this is pretty big for me that I've been away from my home this long, and I still don't really feel that itch to get back, although I know that my garden is certainly calling my name, and I can only imagine the amount of work out there that I'll be returning home to, but it's just been so wonderful to have this time and to just have one adventure after another and you know i think the best part is that given the um, current circumstances happening in the world that for this time away we have been pretty much away from society in such a way that makes us feel like things are normal and that's just been such a blessing and it just feels so good but certainly you know there have been uh, those times where we have crossed paths with others you know even in the middle of the woods on a trail and it's a bit of a shock to the system to see how many people when we do cross paths with them you know treat us like we're diseased because we're not wearing masks you know they either will run by us super quickly or frantically grab their mask and cover up or you know yell to their children and say hurry you know get your mask up and so it's just interesting you know it's just this very interesting thing and i and i know it's not personal and i know everybody's working with um you know their current <laughs> within their current limitations but i just feel so grateful that for whatever reason on this journey in this lifetime that I have been liberated from the germ theory, or in other words, that I don't believe in this idea of contagion. And obviously, this is a whole podcast in itself, but it's just this idea that viruses are bad and that we need to avoid contact with others is so absolutely absurd to me. Um, We are, by particle numbers, more viral than anything else. Um, so obviously there, there is an agenda at hand, right? There are certain people who are trying to make this something and we know that the media are bought and are obviously, uh, massive contributors to this chaos and that this whole idea of wearing a mask, it, it must come down to the fact that this is what is keeping this lie alive. It's just very corrupt, and when people fall for it, they are absolutely forgetting how powerful we are, how beautifully we are designed, and what symptoms really mean. You know, symptoms are not bad. 
that is, you know, one of my biggest things that I talk about so often in Fiercely Empowered Mama is understanding these symptoms. And I think that we're even just beginning to understand how friendly our body is. And while these symptoms are uncomfortable, which we'll talk more about in just a minute, they are so necessary, especially as our world becomes more toxic. So when I think of our human body, I think of it as this just amazing piece of machinery. It has everything it needs to fight off 90% or more of what comes its way if we just let it. The immune system is the army that will attack pathogens that could make us ill if left alone. However, we as modern humans suppress this army and we don't allow it to do its job properly. Three of the fastest and most effective ways our immune system gets rid of harmful things, including toxins, are fever, vomiting, and diarrhea. And isn't it interesting that these symptoms are what we convince people to be afraid of? You know, there'll be people that are looking and Googling and saying, oh my gosh, I have six of the, you know, CV symptoms. Like I must have it or, oh my goodness, I know I must have this virus because I have identified three of the symptoms. Like we're just training our, uh, this world to be afraid of these symptoms when these symptoms are such beautiful communications. And so if we just look at these three, these three main ones that work for us, um, and they're the fastest, most effective ways for our immune system to do its job, we look at fever and we are so as a culture trained to be afraid of a fever, but a fever, even up to 104 is great. This fever works so hard to heat things up that are pathogenic and or toxins to move out of the body. It is our immune system's number one tool that it has to get to work. Like our immune system doesn't know that we also have these incredible natural remedies uh, that we could, you know, load up on, right? Like we have vitamin C and we have activated charcoal and we have slippery elm and all these amazing tools Uh, Again, this is what I teach about in FEM is to be friends with nature's tools, but our immune system doesn't know that, nor does it rely on us to do that work. And so it kicks in a fever. That is such a beautiful thing. But when we stop this process using over-the-counter like Tylenol um, Advil, um, we basically artificially stop the fever, but then we allow those pathogens to, you know, run rampant in our system or we drive it deeper in the tissue. And this just creates, this is where we are setting ourselves up for chronic disease when we suppress this communication. And then we look at vomiting. Vomiting is fantastic. It's a super fast way for the body to rid pathogens. Or, you know, if we had food poisoning, any type of like poisoning type of thing, like when we vomit, it's that ability to get rid of it. I mean, you think about back in college days, right? And consuming too much alcohol and you wake up vomiting or you go to, before you go to bed, you vomit. Like that is your body's way of ridding poisons. It is beautiful. It is uncomfortable, but it is beautiful. And we as modern humans are so terrified of vomiting and we'll do whatever to not vomit, right? We're scared of it. And then there's diarrhea. 
Again, wonderful. It literally washes out the pathogens as fast as it can so they cannot take root. But again, if for most people who have diarrhea, they can't wait to stop it, they'll get some Imodium, which literally binds up the intestine so it won't produce stool. So again, pathogens toxicity is driven deeper in the tissue. You know, it's just, we have so many tools that when we go through these uncomfortable cleansing processes that we can help aid actually real healing without damaging or stopping the communication. Um, I love this quote by Bernard Jensen. I read it all the time as part of the cleansing circle, and I'm just going to share it with you right now because it is it's a perception shift that is so needed, especially right now when the world is turned upside down, afraid of a virus. So here it is. We never stop the catarrh, the phlegm, or mucus discharge in the body. We recognize that in the suppression that we are traveling on to a more chronic disease. So I'm going to say that again. We don't stop catarrh. We don't stop phlegm. We don't stop mucus. This is the body's ability to rid waste, to flush. And for our little children, it is so essential that they go through these opportunities to get rid of waste. And the more toxic our children are, the more we're going to have to allow them to flush their little bodies. Okay? We do not want to stop this because when we suppress this, this is what leads to chronic disease. Okay, then it continues. We give the body its will to cleanse and purify itself and never stop a discharge. To stop discharge is what we call suppression. To use a treatment, food, drug, or stop anything that stops a discharge is called suppressing the symptoms or disease. Okay, so that's pretty um, sacred wisdom right there because again, even we, we talked about the three main ones, but it's like if there's a fever and the fever works to, you know, kill or stop or fight, then there's ultimately going to be residue from that war, from that little fight, and then the body's going to have a flushing. And this can be from just exposure to toxins that the body goes, whoa, we need to get rid of this stuff. We need to heat everything up and get this stuff out. It's built right in. And so then when the body goes to get stuff out, right, then people are like, oh my gosh, this is uncomfortable. My nose has been running. Oh, I don't want my nose to run. I have all this discharge coming out. And so then they take something to make it stop right? And it just completely defeated the purpose to begin with because now all that residue, all that ucky stuff is left in the body, creating more inflammation. So we have an immune system, yet nobody's talking about our immune system. Nobody's talking about in mainstream media how to actually truly be healthier. And our immune system knows how to do its job. Um, you know, and part of this process may make you feel bad, right? For that day or two, but then it'll be over and your immune system will remember and will make antibodies for whatever pathogen made you sick in the first place. And it'll become stronger or more efficient. 
and or as we're learning more about exosomes, we are recognizing that even just exposure to toxicities, the body will have uh, similar symptoms as what we understand to be virus or bacteria, um, but really is just the body flushing out toxins. So having said that, it also has the memory to be able to in the future, identify those toxins and have a less harsh reaction because it'll be working to rid that waste on a frequent daily process. So for instance, right now, we are under mad exposure to glyphosate. And if if our bodies don't understand what glyphosate is and or haven't identified it as an invader, then we have a accumulation issue. But when we help our body in many different ways understand that this is a poison and, and help it get rid of it, then it does that more on its own. Because we are, we are being exposed to so many man-made toxins right now. And that is the way bigger of a war way bigger than any what any virus should be in our minds okay so you know i i know with every fabric of my being for whatever that is worth that true community really is true immunity and while yes we have a world convinced that they're protecting their health with with what the government recommends they're also doing the exact opposite. And we have boatloads of research and science that really um, proves this. And so when we look at fear, for instance, and all the people afraid and this generation of children who are now going to be afraid of their own body and afraid of symptoms and afraid of each other, right? We know that fear does so many things. Um, but if we just look at the physical plane, fear is the number one thing that weakens immunity. Okay. Fear and having somebody in fight or flight is what sets them up for chronic disease, as well as making irrational decisions where they are reacting to life instead of responding. And then mask, it doesn't even make sense right? We are depriving the body of oxygen. We're further weakening the immunity and it goes on and on. Oh, uh, you know, when we think about when we, um, I've been ranger riding, uh, for those of you who don't know what a ranger is, it's like a side by side and it's this, it's this great compromise. And it's this joke with my husband and I of like, Oh, it's a Tanya day. And Oh, it's an Adam day because, um, you know, him and my son, they just, they just love that. And, and I love it because they do. And honestly, um, you know, for those of you who uh, mow your lawn um, or go for long car drives, right? Like you certainly can tap into a meditative state. And so there's often times when we are just driving on these trails in the middle of the woods that I'll just like my mind can have that space, like taking a shower, right? Like you get these drop-ins. So I love that about it. And plus I love that they love it. But it's so, you know, every other day or whatever, we are doing some ranger cruising and, and trails. And oh my gosh, yesterday I got to see a bear, which was so cool. Um, but, you know, so we're going to these woods and like the next day, you know, it's like my nose um, is just full of black, of dirt, right? Like our nose 
it's already such a defense. Like I was exposed to all this dust and dirt and my nose is like, you know, uh, this black dirt. And so our, our body, um, when we breathe out our mouth, that is a release of toxins. Our lungs are one of the major channels of elimination that doesn't ever get talked about. So we, we have our lungs set up to eliminate toxins. And where do you think that goes? It, yes, it goes through the bowels, sure, but it also goes through our mouth. And so when you think of people breathing in their own toxicity, it's like having people consume their stool. It doesn't make sense, okay? Um, and then this whole idea of frequent hand washing with harsh chemical antibacterial soaps is insanity. We are, or, or constantly using the hand sanitizers. I mean, it's like people are so proud that they have the hand sanitizer. And again, I'm so thankful I woke up because you guys, I, I obviously, um, when I am passionate about something, like I am passionate about it. And so had I not had this wake up moment, I'm just like, oh my gosh, would I be that person who's like sporting my hand sanitizer and, you know, hooked onto my purse and scrubbing my hands frequently and wearing my mask proud? Like, I don't know, right? Like, thankfully I had a wake up call. And so anyway, as we use this hand sanitizer or frequent hand washing with harsh chemical soap, we are rapidly destroying our microbiome on our skin, which is such a major defense, especially when it comes to parasites, okay? So it's a big, big deal. Um, and then, you know, telling people to avoid spending time with their loved ones, um, it just, it just doesn't make sense. We need to be with family. We need to be hugging. We need to be laughing and having those special moments. Um, and then we can take it further and say, you know, having limited access to exercise, to gyms or to churches, you know, gyms and churches, like a lot of times someone's gym is their form of church, right? Um, but regardless, those two places are so sacred to where people will tell you that's where they most feel alive, right? Like that's where they get their highs. And to have that taken away from people is devastating because that's where they're raising their vibe, right? They don't they don't necessarily rapidly have other tools. Like they've identified the gym or they've identified, you know, church and they found that spot and it's like what makes them feel alive. And then we were taking that from them. Um and then this whole separation that we're seeing between people, um, you know, even politically, you know, Democrats versus Republicans, all this stuff, it's all just does not make sense. And it's certainly contributing to such great chaos. And it's absolutely just ignoring the fact that we have a body, <laughs> a physical body that's so much bigger than physical, but for the sake of this conversation, our physical body that is so much wiser and adaptable than we can even begin to imagine. We literally can create life. We can grow a magnificent human without even changing our day-to-day -day living. Although I would certainly absolutely advocate uh, for our mamas to thoroughly prepare for the journey of mamahood and to obviously take great extra care during that process. But in general, we don't really have to change anything, right? And our body can kick it into that 
that magnificent place of creating a human, you know, and I, and this is an example that I use often, like we can slice our finger and yes, while I, I absolutely will turn to my natural tools to help aid in the healing process, whether it's a, it's a little bit of lavender or Manuka honey or silver shield, you also don't have to do anything and your body can heal that. But yet we have extreme doubt of our ability to work our way through discharge, right? Through symptoms that are so common and necessary for our evolution that are built in for us. The father of medicine, uh, Hippocrates, wrote, disease does not occur unexpectedly. It is the result of constant violation of nature's laws. Spreading and accumulation of such violations transpire suddenly in the form of disease, but it only seems sudden. Think about that for a second. How many times have you have a loved one where they are diagnosed with something and it seems so out of the blue? Whenever I hear that, I challenge that and I say, I guarantee that you have been getting communication long before this. And I know this may be hard to hear, but it's time now that we start listening to your body. Okay, it's time now that we start paying attention to that subtle communication so we aren't left with big ones. And this is not from a place of being afraid of communication, right? This is a place of being empowered and saying, my body is talking. I've been constipated most of my life. It's time to change this. Or I am so extremely stressed out or my hair is falling out or I wake up sluggish or I get frequent headaches. Like there is so much communication that can tell you something is going on and when it's ignored and then we have chronic disease, people act like they pulled an, uh, you know, pulled the unlucky card. Again, that's just communication where our allopathic medicine has given it a label. It's interesting because, you know, I was recently asked, like, how many people have you helped uh, get over, um, you know, COVID? And it's, it's interesting because um, I'm at the point now on this journey where I don't even want to play with that label. I, I, I honestly, my response is that I want to help people not be afraid of their body's communication because we have so many tools to help support it and so many tools to help aid healing without creating a mess. But to be afraid is the first thing that we need to talk about because it's time that we stop being afraid of our, of our body's communication. So when we look at um, this time that we're in, it is the time more than ever, more than ever, ever before to feel empowered, to know how to raise your vibe, to know how to support your body's self-healing mechanism, to know how to detox and cleanse, and to be a warrior with a shield of resiliency to the technology and the real toxicity coming our way. So yeah, I'm not afraid of viruses, bacteria. I'm not afraid of everyday symptoms, but I am absolutely concerned of the EMFs that are saturating our planet and that that they're going to become stronger with the potential 5G rollout. 
And I'm also have great concern of the man-made toxins. And, you know, I don't even think we can begin to understand about what our world has been polluted and contaminated with, thus we are, right? Um, you know, as I'm is that, you know, we, you know, eat fish from our waters and we grow uh, even organic vegetables in our soil, but yet everything is connected. You know, every single lake, for instance, in Michigan has glyphosate in it. So we swim in our lakes and we just saturate our bodies in these pools of toxicity, right? Like it's it's everywhere. And, and I don't even think that we even are scratching the surface about what is actually out there. So to me, it seems very silly to be masking up for a virus, but have no concern over the chemtrails raining down aluminum uh, on ours, right? Like there's so there's so many bigger things to um, have interest in, not fear of, but have interest in, in in terms of our health. And then when I go back to what is the solution? The solution has been the same way as it was with Hippocrates, as it was with really understanding that it is our job to work with our body and to help everything work in this beautiful way that it's intended to by removing those obstacles out of the way, by helping to detox, to cleanse. So I promise I'm making a point here. This is, you know, why in the last conversation that we had, you know, I I shared with you um, how I was, uh, you know, attacked in food for mosquitoes. And mosquitoes are vectors uh, that carry parasites. I mean, they are a parasite in themselves, but they certainly um, carry all sorts of uh, not so fun stuff that I don't want in me. And I'm like, thank goodness I am doing a parasite cleanse this fall. Um, and this is so important because we, with everything, um, with the technology and with the toxins, we are really setting ourselves up for parasites to go absolutely rampant. And remember, Hilda Clark said that every single cancer has a parasite story attached to it. So here, and another point is that Um, when I talk about chemicals, I guess I was talking about, you know, environmental, but also, you know, I'm thinking about every time I go to the grocery store and touch anything now, it's saturated with, with sanitation, right? With some sort of chemical. Um, even when I go to just like little mom pa shops here, um, you know, to grab a couple things, they will go to wipe my credit card down with, um, some sort of, you know, cleaner. And there's just cleaner, cleaner everywhere. Like just everything's being sanitized and people are so proud of their extra steps that they're taking to sanitize things. And all the sanitation is also, again, weakening our defenses, but setting ourselves up to be really great host for parasites. So um, bottom line, the more we sterilize, the more we are going to be welcoming unwanted guests to our body. In recent medical studies, it has been estimated that 84% of the North American adult populations has at least one form of parasite living in their bodies. Some authorities feel this figure may be as high as 95%. We live in a modern, clean, sanitary country 
and talking about parasites is virtually unheard of. Uh, Americans consider it to be a third world problem. American doctors are not trained to recognize or treat parasite infections. American doctors who take parasitology courses, which is the study of human parasites, are given information and stats from foreign countries. So these doctors perceive parasites as a problem not associated with the United States. In other words, it's not talked about, not taught to the members of our medical community, and frankly, is ignored by everyone. This is a problem. I was a speaker at an event last fall, I was was around this time, and one, the keynote speaker was a medical doctor turned naturopath, and somebody asked him about parasites, and he totally snubbed it and was like, no, they don't exist. He's just like, I mean, I might have seen it like one time and I had a parasite, but I traveled to a different country and I was like, oh my gosh, like you have this room full of people who are interested in natural health, who are interested in freeing themselves and you just totally just like took away this, this idea that parasites, you know, aren't real and they are so real, but it's just the fact that it's not studied. Again, it's not taught, it's not studied, therefore it does not exist when it absolutely does exist. My goodness, this is how this world even came to play, right? Parasites have been here longer than us, certainly. So this lack of education and awareness about parasitic infections are absolutely the missing link to many of today's ailments. Modern medicine and chemicals used to treat worms are formulated to rid the body of only one type of parasite at a time. And parasites easily migrate to a different part of the body that's not being treated, whereas herbal treatments work totally differently. Some of the herbs that we, you know, as part of protocols are used to kill the adult parasites while others destroy the larvae and the eggs. One herb may kill several species while another destroys a different set of parasitic species. Um, But these herbs that travel in the bloodstream and kill or, or I'm sorry, there are also herbs that will travel in the bloodstream and then they'll kill the microscopic parasites too. And the thing about herbs is that they're non-toxic to humans, but they're lethal to parasites. So we, again, nature provides, we have all the tools that we need and some of them you already have in your kitchen readily available to you to help uh, expel parasites or kill parasites. So they are real and they're very common and there are very everyday places that we come in contact with parasites. And so um, I think the biggest thing to understand is that you're not actually like eating worms, um, but what you're getting infected from is the microscopic parasite eggs that are virtually everywhere. Okay, so here's some of the ways that you can become a host. Now remember, the more toxic you are, not in terms of toxicity in your body, but also toxicity and vibration. So if you are someone who is, you know, very negative, you would be at more risk to be a host because that would be a a very light vibration for parasites. The same is true if you're eating, um, you know, fast food every day, or you're you know, eating tons of sugar or just not taking care of your body, you're absolutely gonna be more prone to parasites. Now, at the same time, what's interesting 
is I say that, but I also want to make it clear that when we have parasites that are driving our decisions, they are also going to make us be more negative and reach for those things that don't serve us. So it is very much, you know, you have to be um, vigilant in keeping them at bay and also recognizing like what is true for you. Like, is this normally how I feel? Is this normally my mood or is something else at play here? So here are some physical ways that you can easily become a, a parasite host. So the first one is contaminated water. Water is absolutely the primary way parasites infect humans. Over 50% of our lakes, rivers, streams, and creeks are infected with a protozoa parasite. And that's just to, just, just to like give you an example. Um, and this parasite is not killed by chlorine and is steadily finding its way into urban areas with drink, with, that are treated drinking water. So this has happened um, frequently where these different areas uh, will have this infection in this group of people from the area that are dealing with diarrhea and cramping that lasts for over a week. And it's so often misdiagnosed as a stomach flu. So, but it's, it can be, it's common, right? It's over 50% that, and this is just one of, you know, thousands of parasites. So, um, but also uh, when swimmers have parasites and then they swim in places with others, the water is then contaminated with eggs from their bodies. And it only takes a small amount of swallowed water to become infected. So this is what gets, you know, like gets me all fired up when medical doctors like, oh, it's too, like you're not in a third, third world country, so therefore it can't happen to you. Oh no, it's so common. We're talking 90% of us infected. So another way that you can get it is through other humans. You can obtain parasite eggs from other humans very easily. Since most infections come from the anal oral route, think about this. Someone has parasites, they use the restroom, they do not wash their hands afterwards, then they sit down and use a salt shaker on the restaurant's table. They have then just de deposited microscopic eggs onto this object. You are the next person to sit at this table and use a salt shaker. You then lick your finger or even put your hand on your face and you now are the new host to parasites. So another thing is parasites <clears throat> can live under human fingernails for two months <laughs> and you know my nails right now are full of dirt right like so very common um and then just think about how many common infections um you know come from kissing holding hands sharing eating utensils and then of course sexual contact there are many parasite eggs that can live without a host for weeks for example, microscopic pinworm eggs become airborne and can travel anywhere and they can live for two days outside of a host. These microscopic eggs are inhaled where they hatch inside your body. Pinworms can be relentless, right? They are so hard to treat because it's so easily passed between family members and it's can they can live outside uh, the host. Like it's just like this, you know, it's it's kind of like a mom's worst nightmare to deal with that because it's just so intense. And then we can get it from animals. So including pets can spread, you know, 240 quote unquote diseases to humans via parasites. 
by petting or grooming animals. You are also picking up eggs that pass from them to us via hands, nose, and mouth. Also, parasite-infected fleas and ticks and parasite-infected animal feces are concerns. This is why walking barefoot where animals have defecated is a major source of parasitic infections, especially when you cannot see the actual animal feces. So, um, you know, I think about this. I grew up with horses. I walked barefoot all the time in that horse poop. It didn't even phase me at all. Um, you know, now I walk outside in my yard, um, you know, and I do have a dog. So, you know, who's to say that I'm like, that I don't, that I may not see something if it's been rained on and all that stuff. Um, and then also, um, at the lake, all the goose poop, you know, that's at the lake. It's just insane. So we're, we're in constant, constant exposure. Um, and then also like, think about this, like when your pet or someone else's licks their anus, they are depositing thousands of eggs onto their tongue. And then when they lick you, now those eggs have been transmitted and you become the new host. Okay. So very, very common. I mean, the whole point of this conversation right now is for you to wake up to all the possibilities that you could have parasites right now. Then, of course, meats that are undercooked are a very high source of parasitic infections, especially the pork products. Um, so bacon, ham, pork chops, cold cuts, hot dogs, etc. Those are very, very, very common. Um, but any type of raw food, you know, can be certainly a source. Sushi alone, um, you know, which is the, the raw fish, contains eggs and larvae of several species of parasites. And then we have our fruits and vegetables. Unwashed fruits and vegetables are also a huge source of parasite carriers. A lot of vegetables are eaten raw and according um, to, um, oh, what was I just gonna say? I just lost it, coming back. Oh, 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 uh, yeah. So Americans will import 30 billion tons of food for a year. And some of this food comes from countries where animals, manure, and human feces are used as the fertilizer. This practice um, greatly, of course, increases the spread of parasites. So then you can think about like salad bars and infected food handlers and, and then just like improperly washed stuff, right? And then of course, travel. You know, travel is a huge thing. You know, I shared with you guys last week, like an airplane is now considered a vector because it's so frequent place of um, getting parasitic infections. So my truth is like, there's a lot of people who are extremely passionate about parasites and detoxing parasites. And when you look at their recommendations are like, avoid this, avoid this, avoid this. Like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not, that's not where I'm going with this. Again, resiliency, right? Resiliency and feeling empowered. So instead of trying to avoid getting infected or being fearful infection, I just want to empower you to cleanse once a year, twice a year, ideally, and to do this cleanse where you are creating space for multiple other reasons, but also to deworm yourself. This is not a time to live in fear or worry, but we do need to know that this is so common that for us to turn a, a blind eye to it and say, well, that doesn't infect me, it's just crazy talk. 
because it does, especially the more toxic we become and especially the more concentrated the technology is, we are at risk. So when these parasites take over, they can start driving our decision-making process, our food choices, and certainly just create a whole host of problems. And there are so many types of labels out there that are traced back to parasites that people wouldn't think of. And we talked about this last week, like even diabetes or endometriosis, um, arthritis, all have parasitic um, at play to some extent, right? Sometimes it's the whole story. Sometimes it's part of a greater story. But then if we look at cancer, right, and the whole list of cancers, there is parasites at play. We are dealing with toxicity compounded by making us a great host to making it harder to uh, live in alignment to ourselves because it just makes things harder when you literally have living creatures in you who desire to be fed sugar, who desire for you to drink alcohol, who desire for you to have coffee. Anything that you can do to weaken your vibration is gonna make them happier. And the more you feed them, the harder it is to feed yourself. So this is part of freedom, right? Part of freedom is becoming you and having a really healthy relationship with parasites and bacteria and viruses and all the things that you are still in charge, right? So even, even though, yes, particle by particle, there's more virus than you, particle or, you know, we look at bacteria, there's more bacteria than you, but you want to have um, the best of that story at play. Okay, so having said all that, I want to remind you that healing is cleansing and cleansing is healing and that we will, I'm so excited, be opening the doors to the cleansing circle soon and if you've never cleansed before or if you don't know how to cleanse or if you don't even know how to get started in this, my gosh, I hope you join us because the results are so mind-blowing. Uh, this fall, we are absolutely doing this cleanse and we're putting a parasite spin on this so that way everybody knows how to specifically go about ridding parasites in their body, in their children's body, and in their pets. Because you can't just do it for one, right? You gotta treat everybody in your home. And this is a routine thing that I want to forever and ever be part of your way of living. So today we talked about very, um, you know, in general parasites, but we haven't even begun to have the conversation on ropeworms yet, which is a whole nother conversation. And it is so fascinating. And so many of the women who signed up this spring have already had their fun with passing uh, these ropeworms and really feeling that um, freedom that comes from ridding this from our system. I truly believe that cleansing is absolutely part of the work that sets us free, okay? So I invite you now to get on the wait list. You can go ahead and just use the link in the show notes and you can be the first to know when we open the doors back up this fall and you will be getting access to a special offer. So much love to you. I would love to know what you thought 
about, um, you know, my mini rant in the beginning, but of course also I'm curious to know if you've ever done parasite cleansing before, if you knew that it was this easy to be contaminated, if you understood that it's not like you're eating a worm, but it's that you're exposed to these microscopic eggs, like tell me, what do you know about parasites and what are you excited to learn more about? And or if you have symptoms or if you have a label, are you curious? Uh, when I say labeled, like, or have you been diagnosed with something? Like, are you curious now if perhaps part of your story, part of your comeback is getting rid of parasites? All right. So much love to you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you loved your time with me, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes so I can keep bringing you the good stuff. And then come say hello by joining me in our private Facebook group, Love Yourself Fiercely. Cheers to you for seeking truth and fiercely awakening.